Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning. On April 10th, 1922, Critical, and it's WBT, WBT North was born. I remember we would listen to WBT. Yeah, Hubbard, this is a big broadcast for WBT. Martin, Smith's Corner Look at that day out there. What do you want to hear tonight? Hello, WBT. Around the air. Hello, Bob Lacey. Hello there, neighbor. Hello, first-timer. Let's take it by Trapuca. Let's go! It was best. Scored by Charlotte Hornet. History's been made. Hurricane Hugo has made landfall. Yeah, no power. No information coming into the station other than the telephone. It's a very special radio station because people care. It's the John Hancock radio program. Carolina Panthers have been named the NFL's newest expansion. With their first touchdown. Bank of America Stadium. Kind of jumping back and forth in our coverage here. Long, strange trip. It's still in. Throw me in the pool, please. Ray Carruth managed to evade police. David Chadwick. The plane has now crashed into the World Trade Center. It uh, would appear purposeful. We'll be the first to welcome you to our little club thingy. I'm Stacey Sims. Charlotte's Mr. Wright. Carolina Panthers are headed to Super Bowl 50. Maybe continuing protests this evening. I can just tell you what I know. We may see some serious issues here at midnight. We're providing insight that they're not getting anywhere else. Mr. Trump, welcome to Charlotte Radio. Good morning, Bob. Hey, gather around, my friends, in this mythical ballot. WPT. The great colossus of the South. Through the years. I love this radio station as much as you guys do, but I love this radio station because of you guys. This powerful voice of the good stuff. This is Bo Thompson's Century Podcast. From 1922 to 2022, WBT through the years. I'm Bo Thompson, and welcome to episode one of my Century Podcast. As we get closer to the 100th birthday of this legendary station, I'll be interviewing many of the icons that built these call letters, along with newsmakers that define the evolution of Charlotte across the decades. And who better to begin with than one of WBT's original Hall of Famers? I just call him morning show host Emeritus, because he could walk in tomorrow and do the show just like it was yesterday. But most importantly, I call him my friend. Coming up, my century conversation with Ty Boyd. I really thought part of my job was to kind of be the spokesperson for Charlotte, North Carolina. One of the things I didn't like was the NC they used to put after Charlotte. I used to, just as we do today, be very sensitive when people would say, oh yeah, I was in the Navy there. Of course, they're talking about Charleston. It's Ty Boyd in the morning, 1110 WBT. Hey, 716 at WBT having a great time on a Tuesday morning, and look at that day out there. In May of 1961, a giant torch was passed as a young announcer named Ty Boyd was recruited from Chapel Hill to replace the legendary Grady Cole. I loved being here just after Grady Cole. And, Good morning. And seeing the enormous uh, impact he'd had on this market. It's Grady Cole, and it's WBT Charlotte, North Carolina. And then getting to sit in that chair, certainly not replacing him at getting to sit in that chair. Let me say to you, friends, wherever you may be listening, we will grant you that's the finest place in the world to live. Grady Cole, who'd been in the station for 31 years from, from 1929, I think, till 1961, whatever that is. But if you ever make a change, 
The next best place to live is in Carolina. And I came on uh, June 4th or something like that, 1961. And my first day, number one, I was frightened. I was just scared to death. Gil Stamper was hired to work from 5 to 6.30. It took two of us to replace Grady. And Gil Stamper came on from 5 to 6.30, did the farm stuff. And then I was the slick, young, bashful boy from Chapel Hill who had come down to be the morning man at WBT Radio. And, and that was a rather uneventful morning. I just kind of announced records and gave the time and temperature. My mouth was dry. And I said to people, please give me the 30-day test. Please don't turn away right away. Give me a little while to become more comfortable in my settings. And fortunately, they did. But at 9 o'clock that morning, I, Wade St. Clair was the program director. He later went to NASA and worked there for many years. Uh, but Wade was, uh, uh, was the program manager. And at 9 o'clock, I said, well, Wade, what do I do now? Rubbing my hands and ready to go to work now that I'd had my fun. He said, well, you go home. And I said, go home. He said, yeah, you, you're through for the day. Come back tomorrow morning at 6.30. And uh, well, it was, uh, it was a horrible day. I wanted to be more needed than that. I always had a need to be needed. And so most people would say, boy, the job's over. You've done your job. Pick up that big paycheck. And, uh, and, and that was the last day I remember uh, ever doing that. That was a miserable day for me. And, uh, it was much better when I really got into some community involvement and involvement around the station. The late Doug Mays, a BT legend in his own right, recalled the process of finding a fitting successor to Grady. And so the search began for a replacement and, and this, you know, people searched and I was involved in some of that and, and uh, they decided on Ty Boyd and I said, well, who is this guy? And they told me and uh, he came in June of 61 and captured the hearts of everybody. Ty brought stability and a sense of humor to Charlotte Radio during the often turbulent decade of the 1960s. I can't find an up-to-date picture of Howard Hughes. I know you probably have the same problem. Where is Howard Hughes, and is there really a Howard Hughes? Someone even reported from the day he was born, there's been some question. Mrs. Hughes looked down in her arms and said, No, that's not him. Ty Boyd. WBT. Radio is uh, is a more personal medium sometimes than uh, than television. Though television, of course, is far more pervasive because it has eyes and ears and all that kind of stuff. But it seemed to me the things that we did that made a difference in other people's lives, like snow days. I used to love to come in on snow days, and I'd stay up at the Cavalier Inn or something up here, right up the street, and walk down to the station and and sign on early in the morning. And you could see how it would affect people's lives, and they'd call you on the phone. You guys in talk radio get that all the time now, but we didn't always get that before. Ty was the morning man here until 1973, and then it was on to television as he moved down the hall to our then sister station, WBTV, and then went on to become one of the nation's most sought-after public speakers. That last day of, of broadcast was a, was a wonderful day for me. It was a celebration day. And actually, I didn't leave the whole thing. I left morning radio the end of December in 1973, and uh, an H.A. took over. Uh, I still was doing uh, noontime. Clyde McLean and I were still doing a t noontime television show, and I think we call it then the scene at noon. It had been the noon report before that, then the scene at noon, and that was ultimately what became uh, top of the day. And uh, that was good for me subjectively because 
I could be in New Orleans making a speech the same day uh, my taped interviews were showing on that television show, so I could stay on television. Stayed as an active part of this station and uh, on the payroll until 1978, at which time I became a consultant. But uh, that last day was a big day. We did a big television, did the morning show was on radio and television that day. And there were people that are no longer on planet Earth in their mortal ways. People like Jim Patterson, Clyde McLean, and of course Doug Mays was there. And, and a, lot of, uh, a lot of my favorite people, and a lot of people dropped by that day and said goodbye. It was a big day. And then came April 10th, 2002, a day I know I'll never forget. I was lucky enough to be in the room that morning when Ty became the first and so far only WBT personality to have a radio studio in the building named in his honor. Here's how it sounded during our 80th anniversary broadcast when then general manager Rick Jackson made it official. Uh, let me reach up to you, Ty, and, and uh, it, it is my pleasure to inform you and uh, all the audience and many of the people that work at the building don't know that we're going to do this until this very moment. Ty, congratulations. You are the one and only person of history at uh, this radio station that now has a dedicated studio named after you. Wow. I feel like an imposter. Good heavens. Who could who could deserve that? And, um, ooh, you... you, you you know how to make a grown man cry, don't you? Uh... Five years later, in April of 2007, Ty was inducted into the WBT Hall of Fame. Some things change dramatically, some things do not. I, as you, dreamed of someday being able just to say, cup my hand over my ear. WBT Charlotte. Which brings us to the present day, and Ty Boyd, I'm so happy to say, is the first interviewee of my Century Podcast. Now Ty Boyd. WBT is, is just a few years away from, yeah. from turning 100, and when I started down the road of developing this project, I started thinking about who would I want to talk to in all of this. And it was an easy, easy answer who the first interview would be if I could make it happen. And that is with the, the guy who's sitting across from me, who in so many ways I could do an entire podcast just on what this guy means to me personally. But he means so much to the WBT family at large. Uh, we have a studio right down the hall from us that uh, has borne his name since 2002 when we celebrated our 80th anniversary and uh, Ty Boyd, it is such an honor to be talking to you and have you back in this building today at One Julian Price Place. How are you doing, my friend? I'm great. Life is good. Uh, the the one thing I'd like for uh, to, to uh, I wish my mother could have heard what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> it was, oh my goodness. Oh, uh, well, listen. I I always looked at life. I looked at people's lives, my own, of course. And, but examining, you know, I think there's a difference in the way we look at people. We either look outward, and that's, it's limitless. Uh, or you look inward, and, and that's, that can be, uh, the, the portions are smaller. The place I want to start, um, you're back in this building. You spent so much of your life in this oh. building. Uh, just walking back in and driving over here to One Julian Price Place, what goes through your head today when you're, when you're back here? Well... Fortunately, one of the one of the great uh, I, I don't know I've, I've I've lived the the best life in the world. I don't think I have worked a day in my life. 
uh, if you love what you do, you're not working. And so the only way you can get more of what you love is, is to work longer. And uh, it was a wonderful, it's, it's been a wonderful life. I'm not through with it yet. And I want to get to that because yeah. I know a lot of people listening want to know what Ty Boyd is up to in 2018. And, well, and who, uh, would, who would even wonder? Who would even be well, old enough to think of that? Well, then, and that's an important thing to point out is, uh, <laughs> I mean, you, 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 and, I, and we'll talk about the morning show and, and your years behind the mic here, but uh, you are always busy. I mean, you are. Uh, somebody that uh, doesn't like to be idle. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. And and this business, all these years later, you still love it. The only way I could do more and, and enjoy it more was to live a bigger bigger day. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think anyone in the world ever had the wonderful, you know, some people have a job and others have a career. Uh, and, and, and what started with the job, I was on my way to, in my head, to New York City, which is where <laughs> all the big things come from. We came from Chapel Hill, had been there in school, and uh, graduated in 1954, stayed there till 1961. Well, when you, uh, before you got to WBT, and that was 1961, mm-hmm. so before WBT, you were in Chapel Hill. Uh, talk to me about your early, early days of broadcasting. How'd you get into broadcasting in the first place? I, I, my oldest brother was a, was an Air Force pilot. Okay. And, uh. My, my middle brother was a doctor, and so they all had, we all had, uh, one, we had a wonderful up, upbringing. Mm-hmm. Uh, mother was a school teacher for 40 years, and she loved what she did. And my dad was a state college graduate, and he went to, uh, he, he, he died at 68, uh, had, had cancer and, and died. But, but both of them were full-blown, full, they were, they enjoyed a full life. Right. Um, his just came a little earlier than, than hers. He was 68, I think, and she was 86 when she died. And I'm sure my brothers wondered, what, what kind of kid do we have? What kind of younger brother do we have? And, <laughs> and I think they asked that question. I think they asked me that question a lot of times. <laughs> now, is that because you were you knew at a young age you wanted to be in this type of business? Yeah. And, and yeah. I, I know in my case— I mean, when I was five years old, I was pretending I was Casey Kasem, you know. I mean, I was emulating the people that I heard on the radio. That's how you were at a young age? You knew you wanted to do this? I wasn't that young, but but, but you you could, I'm sure you could tell what I wanted to do. I mean, I would have had a job if I'd done anything else, but this became my career at uh, about 15, and... uh, you know, it will always be my career. And, uh, so what was the first station that you ever worked for? Uh, the one in, let's see, I worked, I'm, I'm sure it was the one in Statesville. Okay. I was uh, 15, and uh, and they asked me to come and, and do station breaks and, and right. things. Station breaks is, for people who are listening, is, is just WSIC Statesville. And, and it was, God, it was... You know, I couldn't believe I was doing this. And, and they gave me FM. I could have FM and do a radio program on there. Uh, but nobody listened to FM. Nobody had an FM receiver. And, and I did my growing up, some, a little, little bit of my growing up there. Uh, at at uh, 17, when I graduated from high school, my, my folks had put two brothers, one through Davidson, both of them through Davidson, but uh, they were broke, 
You know, I mean, <laughs> they didn't have a lot of money left over. And my dad was a was a, an executive with uh, with uh, the Seminole Mills. Uh-huh. Uh, but anyway, you didn't make much money in those days. And so uh, I said, let me work. I promise, you know, they, they, required, they, they required their children to have a college education. And I think it paid, has paid me huge interest. My, my good fortune was that I always somehow moved up. I was never fired, but once in all my days of broadcast when somebody else decided whether I was to be here or somewhere else. And, uh, and that was when Henson... When, when Harold Henson was the, uh, was the manager here, he and I had a, I don't know, sometimes people get too big for their britches, and I'm sure that was my case. Just got a little bit big, bigger than I should have been. And, and uh, Harold, said, Harold said, Boyd, I'm firing you right now. He said, come on, let's go down to the city club. And, uh, and we spent the rest of the afternoon sampling sampling schnapps. <laughs> and uh, uh, I had my job back when I when, when we came back. And uh, anyway, that, that's the only time I was ever fired in my life. And, uh, and, and so you go from Statesville to where after that? Well, I went to Chapel Hill to okay. school. Went to Chapel Hill and graduated in 54. All this gets convoluted. I, I, I don't re- I don't think of myself as old until I think about all these. You know, try to remember all these various occasions when I <laughs> went other places. You can tell whether I had a facelift at sixty, and and I didn't want to look old because I was on television. <laughs> That's silly as hell. Right? Excuse me. I did just did something I've never done before on radio. <laughs> well, this is this is a podcast. Yeah, though. but you're not going to cut it out, are you? <laughs> not unless you tell me to. No, don't don't <laughs> cut it out. I never cursed, and and uh, and people say, well, why don't you ever use profanity? I said, well, I, I may use profanity if I'm with some guys, and and that's all they use. But uh, I, you know, one I said the same thing. My mother, dad used to say, said, son, that too many good words. You don't have to. Huh. Well, I don't know how you do it. That's a great explanation, yeah. though. I've never heard it quite put that way, but yeah. I don't know that there's a better way than what there's you no, just said. You can you can say everything you want to say in uh, in in the colloquial ways, and and not offend anybody. Uh, I, anyway, I I, I uh, never use profanity much, uh, but but. Um, but I do know all the words. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you have to know what you can't say, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> now, in Chapel Hill, was it WCHL? Was yep. that the station? Mm-hmm. This, this is the first three-letter station that I'd ever worked for. But I had been in broadcast for 15 years, almost 15 years, 14 years before I came here. Uh, and and so you, you had your career in, in, in Chapel Hill, and how did— now, WBT came after Chapel Hill, and yeah. so uh, talk to me about how that happened. How did you—I know you succeeded Grady Cole, which I, I want to talk about here in a second, but uh, I, I've often heard the—I know the stops you made along the way, but I don't know what, what led oh, yeah. you to go from Chapel Hill to Charlotte. Well, I've I, I stopped two places. I stopped in Union, South Carolina. Union was a small town. Uh-huh. It was a cotton mill town, uh, just as, as Irwin was, where I was born. And Statesville had had you know cotton was part of it. Every every city or town in in the Carolinas was a was a cotton mill town. By the time I'd gotten here, I'd been in broadcast for fifteen years almost, 
got to BT, and I was so, I remember my first days at BT, and here's what I said the first days I was at WBT. I said, don't judge me for 30 days. I, you know, people didn't hear like what they heard. It is hit the button. I'm not comfortable. And you said this on the air, or you said this behind the scenes? I said it on the air. Okay. And so that was the only time I ever played the records all the way through and, and, <laughs> and didn't talk over the music, oh, the, the lyrics. What kind of station was WBT when you arrived? What were that? Because today, of course, it's a news talk station, but in yeah. those days, something a lot different. It was much different. Uh, we played music. And um, if you had something to say, you said it. Otherwise, you played music. I remember I started talking a lot mm-hmm. uh, because I'm loquacious. <laughs> I think if you look up loquacious, it means he talks a heck of a lot. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 29 years old, met Pat Cowden. We got married, uh, had the first baby you know, right at at uh, our first anniversary, and I've never been without a child since. We we had six, lost one, sent her to heaven, and she's been making a bed for us up there <laughs> for, for later. When you get to be my age, you'll wonder, what happens after you die? Maybe you just die. Maybe you just turn to dust. But maybe there's something else out there. And uh, and just in case, I'm brushing my teeth every day. <laughs> I'm shaving. <laughs> well, talk to me about uh, succeeding Grady Cole, because I've heard, uh, you know, this is why I really wanted to do this, Ty, have this one-on-one time, is yeah. because when I met you, it was at an anniversary celebration. And the Did sub- you say the 80th early? The early? 80th. It, yeah, was, yeah. it was 2002. And uh, I was in charge. I was not on the air at that point. I was a producer, but I was in charge of planning that gathering. And so we had you come in. Uh, I decided I wanted to do uh, a nine to noon show where we'd have Al Gardner was the morning show uh, host at the time. And I had you in the studio with him. And between the two of you, we brought people around you all that morning. Yeah. Uh, People like the late Doug Mays. Yeah. uh, I know a great buddy of yours. And Henry Bogan was there that day. Oh, I loved him. Ray Gooding was, uh, you know, so many of these people are are Hall of Famers. Hello, gang. (laughs) Henry Bogan. This is a gathering of eagles here today. Now, why is Danny Fontana? H.J. <laughs> <laughs> Thompson, we got to get you in and explain that. Let, yeah. You just heard that now little look, piece. Look, yeah. you guys. Hey. Ty, you look terrific. When, when everybody says you look great, you, you, they, haven't fin- yeah, they haven't finished the sentence. Somebody said that to me yesterday. And I, you know how old I am. And they say, you look great, but they haven't finished the sentence. And, For and a what? guy as old as you are, you look great. <laughs> look, I whiten my teeth. I darken my hair. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I, I have a Medicare card. <laughs> you don't want to go any further than that. 68 years young. You want to oh fight about it? Oh He's my. showing it. Oh showing my. his card. Oh my. There it is. You had to fill Ty Boyd's shoes, who we just got done here in a long time. It was a big deal to fill Grady Cole's shoes. What in heaven's name was that like for you as a morning guy? Well, somebody, every, almost everybody said to me, you have to be enthusiastic. And w- the thing about Ty is, he's Mr. Positive. Mm-hmm. When I was on his show right afterwards, there was a nighttime guy named Truckin' Tom Miller. Mm-hmm. Tom Miller. And Tom could write poetry, and he pr- played a character called Professor T. La D. And he wrote a poem, and we put a little booklet together called The Tilted World of Tillman Ladino. That was actually a fertilizer. 
from back in the old days. And so he called himself Professor T-Lod D. And he said, not only is Ty Boyd a well-known after-dinner speaker, but also the most cheerful man in America. As you can see, the professor doesn't like cheerful people. And this is, this is what he yep. wrote, Ty Boyd. Ty Boyd is not a person, but a state of mind. Like dinner for two with an exquisite wine. He bubbles and sparkles your spirits to renew, like some vino blanc or burgundy brew. Some question his purpose, his mind and intent. They don't understand a man who on cheer is bent. So join me in toasting what's long overdue, the milk of human kindness like some refreshing dew. May it engulf and surround the terrible void of those who never met our Ty Boyd. To some, what I've said may seem utter folly. I've managed to finish without one gosh gee or golly. <laughs> now, is that him? Which has that to is. be some small accomplishment, like finishing last in a beauty pageant. Tie a salute straight from the south. And if you say fantastic, I will hit you in the mouth. <laughs> Let me bring in a buddy of mine, too. John Hancock, if this is fun for me. I can imagine with your time here. You don't have any poems this for you, John. Don't read any poems. No, I'm, just, don't read any poems. <laughs> I'm just happy to be here for Ty Boyd's 80th Ooh. birthday party. <laughs> you know, no. Why did everybody laugh? <laughs> what did you think when you first heard Grady's replacement? Oh, I was I was overjoyed. You were aghast, I, and you know it. No, I wasn't. I, what do you think that thing is? That's something well, that Ty had. I'll, I'll tell you. I don't remember it that way, by the way, Doug. Simply, simply, he, I think, in the bottom line, Al, is that Ty was himself. All these years, I've I've talked to you and and had you on the air in in the capacity of. Uh, of these big celebrations yeah. and, and yeah. never a chance to sit down and just kind of talk to you one-on-one. -on -one. And that's one story that fascinates me. Uh, obviously I'm, I'm sitting in that morning show chair now yeah. on, yeah. on yeah. the, uh, on the shoulders of all of these people that came before me. And I, I often, we have tapes. You're, you're of, obviously very good at it. Well, I, I, uh, for, for you to say that makes me think that I'm at least doing something right. You're but, doing, uh, you're doing a lot right, Bo. Talk to me about uh, succeeding Grady Cole, because I don't think there is a a, a more titanic name in, in Charlotte broadcast history, no matter where you go, radio, TV, print, Grady Cole, everybody knows the name Grady Cole, and so to be chosen as the guy who succeeded Grady Cole, uh, I, I w I'd love to know what you remember about uh, getting that job and, and then dealings with him and how that all went down. Well, let me tell you. If, if I may just give you a, a brief overview. I never knew Grady very well. Okay. I listened to him as a child. And and then, of course, it seemed to me a long time. And it was, actually. It was probably 10 years. Or, I don't know how long it was. It was the time I remember, mm -hmm. uh, which would have been, you know, as a child. I listened to Grady. And, I, you know, I don't know how old he was, but I don't think he was... 60 years old. Mm -hmm. And and for those listening, he died in an, in a car accident in 1979. Uh, you know, he, he uh, I, I obviously never got a chance to meet him, but these stories that you hear, and, and there's a story I didn't know right there, that you, you didn't know him that well, but I guess there had to, be, to have been some sort of interaction oh, he, when, when you took over. Oh, he was a huge presence. Yeah. I remember once when I was working at WSIC in Statesville, uh, and I was in my teens, probably 16 or 17, and uh, and Grady Cole came, and I thought, that car will be this long. <laughs> and, and, it just, and just a regular-sized guy got out. And I thought, that's Grady Cole. And, and so 
I mean, he was a legend. And everybody I knew listened to him. Of course, we didn't have nearly as many radio stations. We we have 15 where we had one then, or probably 100 where we had one then. But all the more reason that everybody knew who he was, because he was was the only game in town. They used to say that Grady could have been governor of South Carolina or North Carolina, either one. And yet he was so comfortable in what he did. He hadn't learned elocution, and you know, not that I can tell you what elocution is. I just know that it influenced the way I speak. And so Grady, I could hardly understand Grady when he'd talk. He'd talk like that. And, and, and he was a young man. He was, he was not much older than you are. But it, people had not been, uh, in my recollection, uh, he didn't have that articulate you know, you couldn't tell probably what part of the country I come from, and uh, but you could tell where a southerner came from, and and Grady grew up in the South, and Grady's son worked in in a, in a somewhere close by, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure in what city. He expected, I'm sure, to have taken his dad's place, and he, he wasn't ripe yet to, to be to be hired, and and so I was. And so they hired me to come in, and it, it, it released me at the youth of my career, of my life, to uh, be where I've been ever since. Was WBT something that you aspired to? Did you want to be here when you were in Chapel Hill? I'm sure I entertained it, but I, w- I was headed for New York. Okay. I thought, I thought, that's where the best are, and that's where I want to be. And not, not that I considered myself the best, wasn't. A, but I wanted to. I wanted to compete with all the rest of them. Right. But you know, the best job you could get in New York was thirteen weeks, if you were lucky enough to be tapped to come to New York. And and uh, by the time I would have had a chance to to talk to even be considered for a job in New York, with everybody else in the whole world looking to New York for right. a job, I, we had three children. Well, and so you say that New York was, I guess, the pinnacle in your eyes at that yeah. point in time. But you you get the call to come to Charlotte. Uh, Grady announces that I don't know how it, it was announced that he was stepping down. Did he retire? How, how did it come to be that he leaves and then you eventually arrive? Grady was fabulous for his time, and 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 I I could never have been elected. Governor of either one of the states never would want have wanted to be elected uh-huh. governor, but Grady, I think Grady was probably he'd been here thirty two years. Yeah, I was here fourteen. I mean thirty two. I don't know that anybody ever matches that streak. No, uh, no one ever will. Not just this station, but that's unheard of anywhere, pretty yeah. much. You're you're absolutely right. I mean, the times have changed. I, I know that uh, I was putting a G, a G on my INs. I was saying calling and, yeah. and you know dialing and whatever, but uh, not not say calling and dialing. Right. You know, WBT, WBT, Charlotte. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd cut my hand over my ear. How many times have you done that? Well, I was about to uh, say, I've heard you tell this story before in the past about saying those words, just yeah. saying WBT. Charlotte, Charlotte, as you said, but you're the definitive enunciation of that phrase to me. I mean, I, I, I grew up listening to this station, and I've become a student of its history, as you know. Yeah. yeah. And uh, to me, Ty Boyd saying the call letters there, there is, 
that's the standard. Well, uh, and and it was Grady and 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 all the ones that preceded me. And so I'm complimented that you'd say that. Thank you. Well, so you uh, were in the chair that I that I now know or or know what it's like to be in oh, that chair. Oh, do you ever? I I, I don't start <laughs> a, a morning without thinking about uh, the people that came before me and and trying to somehow carry isn't, on that torch. Isn't, isn't that something? I mean, that is. Well, you you've done it enormously well. Well, I mean, I I have great examples to follow, but I I do. I mean, I I whenever something momentous happens or there's a big national story we do not remember conversations we remember moments yes sir and uh, and so you remember a moment when when something made it step out and you you always remember that or something you're so right i mean that's that's said so well so here's my question for you since yeah. you you bring us around to that uh <laughs> let's talk about some moments that you remember i mean you were here from 1961 until uh, the early 70s when i think ha Took H-A. over for you uh, yep. briefly, and then uh, that for a year for a year, and that led and, eventually to Bob Lacey. And and then yes, I always thought H A was the most original, wonderful commentator on life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You know, and he is today. I, I see him and just marvel at his take on on the world, and 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 we get together relatively frequently. Well, you He's, all are, are good buddies. Yeah. Uh, I have to tell you, though, uh, I marvel at both of you uh, to be, you know, at the age that you are. And I always say with both of them, and you can turn them loose in the studio right now. And uh, you you maintain and retain so much of that that charisma and that persona that made you who you were. I always joke that uh, when H.A. When Thompson is no longer around, they should just cancel the, the boat show altogether, you know? <laughs> or some of these places. I mean, Sonny's Real Pit Barbecue back in the day. I mean, that... that H.A. only stayed one year in the morning show, but H.A. went on to be the most popular mid-morning man in America. I was never anything in America. And and H.A. was. Roll back out in the alley, baby, and drink some more wine on B.T. the Raiders. And this some country wine. 10.35, H.A. Thompson Showtime at your radio station, WBT. WBT. H.A. Thompson. Sounds like Sean. And he could, he could still do that show. He's as contemporary as uh, tomorrow. Lacey brought us up to, he got us into the 20th century and then the 21st century. And he was so good at it. We should also mention Henry Bogan in that. And Bogan. Too, right. Oh, yeah. And Bogan. Oh, oh, the wonderful, many wonderful things about Bogan and many wonderful things about all of those guys. Bogan never offended anything or anybody. And yet he was so interesting. He he probably had more listeners than any any of us because he had nighttime, and he must have had fans from you know what is it? What do you say from Maine to Maine to Maine to Miami, Ma- and Miami, and yeah, Canada to Cuba, Canada to Cuba, Canada to Cuba. From Canada to Florida, Carolina and the USA, eleven ten, WB. Well, and, and you can uh, vouch for this. Uh, now, when I first started working here, one of the first jobs they let me do was, was fill in for Henry's producer. So I would screen his calls. Yeah. And uh, one thing about Henry 
is Henry was very, very protective and careful of his of his on air persona. Behind the scenes, uh, Henry had a a wicked sense of humor. Yeah, and you know that. Yeah. And yeah. uh, if he had ever decided he wanted to go that route, the guy could have been a stand-up comedian. He could have been a stand-up comedian. He could have been. Isn't that, isn't that something that people uh, have huge talents? Some of them just develop them part-time, kind of like Henry. And, and uh, he didn't use all of his personality. and What he did on his shows, I yeah. don't mean that. But what I'm saying is he had more in reserve. Well, and I don't mean when I say a wicked sense of humor that he had a, a dirty sense of humor. That's oh, not it at all. Oh. It's just that the guy was whip smart. And uh, sometimes, you know, you, you said it very well. When he was on the air, uh, he was everybody's buddy, com- companion. friend. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, But when, you know, I was around him, uh, I heard him on the air, so that's what drew me to him. But when I experienced the Henry uh, behind the scenes and how he worked, I mean, he was a a very adept broadcaster, and he, he oh, yes. uh, but he, his sense of humor. I mean, wow, he was <laughs> it was uh, it was whip smart. So H A is was a big part of your life, and he was a, a very important. And he is he, he's still a real good friend, and I, I see him relatively often. And a fellow he, Hall of Famer for this radio station. Yes, yes. yes and one yes. of the things that I love about both of you is it's one thing to work here, and and then a lot of us work here and move on and go on to other things. Yeah. And circumstances when people leave, sometimes good, sometimes bad. But you and H.A. have both maintained, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Ty, but I, I think both of you in your minds, and, and rightfully so, consider yourselves, no matter what you do post-WBT, mm. you're still an ambassador of this place. Yeah, and, and I, it's, it's also H.A., well, when we have the anniversary shows and the ones I spoke about earlier. Uh, when's, the, when's the 100th one? It's coming up in 2022. I'm going to live. I want you to be there. I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't I wait to, be there. Uh, to, to, to see you on that occasion. Yeah. The Ty Boyd era. Mm. If you could say, wh- how would you define the Ty Boyd era and how would you like or how do you hope people remember you that time? What, what do you hope they say about that time? Oh, I don't know. There have been so many wonderful people here a job something you do and a career something you live and now i've heard you mention gil stamper before gil stamper yeah stamper was here uh stamper did um, he did morning stamper donned a hat and a pipe with a crooked pipe and so he adapted that personality he and i split the morning hours right when i when we came, when we came it was six thirty to 9 when gil retired I took the five until ten, mm-hmm. and um, well, you'd be happy to know that that my my uh, time slot right now is five to ten. Is that right? <laughs> it is. Well, they 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 give the biggest load to the guy who can do it, <laughs> and you're the one. <coughs> Excuse me. So, and do you remember who came after you? Pat Lee. Pat Lee. Okay. Pat Lee, and uh, she was the pound for pound best broadcaster I ever knew in my life. Wow. And. Uh, well, I always tell people, and I, I grew up working here. I started working here when I was in high school. Is that right? And I did. And you were in high school. I was at Myers Park High School, and uh, wow. I met I met Henry. You I met, met Bogan. Bo- uh, well, it, my 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 gateway in here was Bob Enman, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then Bob Enman oh, introduced I me. I, I went to go watch him do a, a Channel Three newscast one night, mm-hmm. and he said, "Come down the hall." Because he heard I was kind of interested in radio too, and uh, down the hall. How old were you? Maybe sixteen. Sixteen, and down the hall <laughs> in the studio. This was uh, he introduced me to Henry Bogan. Yeah, 
and Mike Collins. Yeah. And so I ended up interning here, and, you know, I, I loved every aspect of what was going on. You, I mean, the microphone is one thing, but I loved how it all got put together, yeah. you know. And so uh, I, I would do anything and everything they'd let me do. I mean, I didn't matter what it was. I, I walked around and, and chased the, 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 the engineer one Christmas just breaking down boxes, not even getting in the building. But I wanted to be here. Oh, I, I know that feeling so well. <laughs> and so uh, I, coming in here early, uh, I, I got to kind of see how everything was made, and that gave me a respect for uh, all the people behind the scenes and, and, and all of when, – when you listen on the air, you just think that magically happens when you're a kid. Yeah. But when you actually get inside the building, I think that's a good barometer. If it's, uh, it's Once a- you see how the sausage gets made and that doesn't scare you away, <laughs> <laughs> then I guess you're right for this business, Oh, right? that's wonderful. <laughs> and you're absolutely right. And oh, uh, I love the sausage. Well, some days, yeah. some days, it's funny, I had a conversation or I have had a conversation with my brother over the years. Most people who know me, Ty, uh, know that if I had a friend when I was a kid, uh, one of the barometers, if you were a really good friend, was I'd invite you over to my house and we'd do a, a radio show on tape together. So if you're one of those people that I grew up with, when they see me now, they're thinking, oh, you're doing exactly what you wanted to do. Save those tapes. <laughs> I Save have them. them. Have you? My voice is about three octaves higher <laughs> but i have them and uh what i always i always tell my brother who kind of bounced around from jobs for a while i would always tell him he would say you're so lucky because you're doing exactly what you wanted exactly. to do exactly and i'm wondering if this Beat. resonates with you because oh. i say you know every day that you go in it, every you know, every everybody has a job and i don't care what that job is some days your job's not going to be the greatest day but yeah. if, if you this is how I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, and I have a feeling you'll be able to uh, echo this sentiment. But I always say, uh, if you're doing what you love to do, there may be bad days and days where you don't want to go in and get up at the crack of dawn like we both know about. But on the days when it's good, it's really, really good. And you sit back and you say, that's why I'm doing this. Never been better. Um, and and I, I, I absolutely you, I, I echo your words. I wonder how many people might be listening to you at some time that never had a career, what we call a career. Right, or something they, they – had a job. Yes. Well, well, they're not doing something they dreamed about doing. They're doing uh, what, you know, was – Somebody practi- else. What was practical. Uh, and, exactly. And, and exactly. That's, that's no knock on anybody that no. to, to, to take the job that makes you the most amount of money. But you and I both know – as you said at the beginning, that uh, when you do what you love, you never really feel like you work a day in your life. You may have bad days at the office, but but you know this is what you were born to do. And so you spent all that time as the morning man at WBT, and then uh, you moved on. And, and you know, people, people always talk about Howard Stern as the king of all media. He yeah. has that, that yeah. moniker. Yeah. If I had to pick a guy who's kind of the king of all media <laughs> in this region— Howard Stern would be a— he he's he'd be a great example. Well, no, I, I I'm talking I'm talking about you know the, this region this area of, yeah. of broadcast history. Yeah. You're really that guy. I mean, you've done everything, oh, Ty. Shucks. You've done you've done radio, and then I want to talk a little bit about you know what you did down the hall here. You went from WBT to WBTV, and uh, you were on television for many years. Mm-hmm. And and, and uh, was it top of the day? I mean, what what, what were the shows you did then? I was here, right? You know, I'd come at five five o'clock in the morning or five thirty or whatever time it was. 
uh, different years. I came different times, both of them, and and love both of them. Radio would be my number one. I just I, I love radio, and and did, but I also loved television, and uh, and there are things you can do in one medium and and do more effectively maybe in another if you want to show something mm-hmm. was radio was tv something that you ever thought you'd do or did, did that was that a byproduct of radio it was a byproduct of radio but 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 tv became the you know more people will say i watch television than will say i listen to the radio today mm-hmm. and and yet uh one one was birthed from the other so uh, being proficient at both of them just in case they ask you. So you were doing the morning show on radio, and then eventually during that same time you branched out and started to do both? Well, I was doing both before I came here. Okay. See, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. So radio and then television and radio at the same time, and then eventually uh, you left radio. Was it to, to go exclusively to TV? No. Never left a job that... Uh, that I, I told you before, I, right. the only time I ever left a job was when when Harold fi- fired me one day and then we <laughs> headed out of the city club. Well, you maintained a presence for a long time after you left WBT and WBTV because, of course, you started your own public speaking yeah. institute, essentially. Yeah. You know, I, I couldn't give you a count of how many times I spoke. I mean, not, that's not important anyway. It's whether or not you had something of value to your audience and you also entertain them. you got to do both. you got to entertain them first. Now, was being on WBT and BTV, was that, uh, how important was that platform to uh, springboard you into the public speaking circuit? Because it was a big station. In those days, people would listen to you from, not only from Shelby and Concord, but mm-hmm. from uh, around the country. Well, when the sun goes down, we still have that Canada to Cuba, yeah. you know, directional signal. Uh, so when all the little all the little stations turn off up and down the East Coast uh, at night, yeah. You know, it becomes essentially a network yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, of sorts. And, and you hear stories about uh, how Dean Smith, for example, used to use BT to oh, yeah. as, as a, a marketing tool, recruit essentially, new, to recruit re- people. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that, that, that is still true. And so you became a, a, a very uh, accomplished public speaker. And so that began. And how long did you exclusively do that? I've never done anything exclusive in my life except okay. for work for BT and work for, you know, I had, had standards that I kept. Right. And, uh, but, but, but having said that, I spoke in, you know, probably, I don't know how many states. I wouldn't, I don't know how to, 50 to 100 speeches a year, uh, either in our local area here, or, you know, it might be the Concord Rotary Club or mm-hmm. something, or it might be the uh, Reno, Nevada, you know. What's, uh, I mean, do you recall some of the biggest venues or events that you spoke in front of? Crowds? Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, yeah. are there were ones, just like I was talking about moments on the radio, are there are there moments during your, your speaking days that really uh, stick with you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've spoken, I've spoken in New York a number of times, which which would be a huge venue. And, uh, and I think the largest... Hall that I was spoken at, at 6,500 people. Wow! And uh, it was a big national meeting of some mm-hmm. kind. And uh, but you know they're just people like you. And and, and I, 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 I you know it's funny. You you say boy I couldn't do that. I couldn't speak in front of people. I would know what to say. Well you know I, I was happier with an audience 
than with just, you know, I mean, I mean, just an audience mm-hmm. because they're just people. Right. And and so the thing that made me so comfortable and got my heart rate down was you're really just speaking to one person. Mm-hmm. And and I read that by someone much wiser than I. And and so and I, I, I didn't use I very much. It was you or we. Right. So uh, you and I are talking here, Ty, and you look at the microphone in front of you, and it's got that WBT logo on it. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And um, all these years later, I mean, you come back. Uh, you come back anytime we we invite you. I mean, we Thank you. we have anniversaries, and, and you've always been so so gracious to be part of those. But when you look at that microphone right there, and it says those three call letters, and you talked earlier about uh, hearing the WBT, WBT, Charlotte. Charlotte. <laughs> What do those call letters mean to you? Everything. It, 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 it became a place where there were people and, and uh, mm-hmm. ideas, and, and Crutchfield was a, was a fabulous guy. What does it mean to be in the Hall of Fame? Everything. When you look at broadcasting and, and radio in particular, now mm-hmm. lots changed since you were on the air oh, God. i mean it's um i mean it's you know you go decade by decade yeah since you were on the air and and, and things w- are quite different but do you still uh or maybe i should say how long did you follow broadcasting and radio once you were out of it on a day-to-day basis i really stopped listening i, I don't listen now uh-huh. because of two things one is i'm, I'm busy in my life, right, uh, and and secondly, I don't listen for disinterest. Mm-hmm. It's just that there's so many things going on, and my world is getting smaller, and so I'm just tend to those geese that are in that, you know, in that pod. So Ty, one thing that I know is different now from the way it was when you were on the air. I mean, you certainly uh, politics. I mean, we talk politics all the time. It's a news yeah. talk station. Yeah. Uh, we don't play songs anymore. Uh, I wish we did on certain occasions, and maybe every once in a while, Hancock, or maybe I'll play something on a special occasion, but uh, the, the, the WBT that exists in 2018, a lot it's, different than, than your era. Oh, absolutely. Do yeah. you uh, wish you had been able to talk about politics? As, I mean, uh, are you, how much do you even want to talk about oh, politics? I would, I, would have, I would have enjoyed it. I would have enjoyed it. Here's, here's, what, I, here's what I know. I never mentioned I never talked about something that would that would offend half the audience, and you know, all things being equal. If I said I'm a Democrat, it would have bothered those who were Republicans. Mm-hmm. If I said I'm a loyal loyal something, you know, it would it would cut out part of the audience. So uh, I've never found it was so important. Politically, it is important. I mean, I've got to make up my mind, and I've got to, you know, and I've got to be honest when I say, "Here's what I'm voting for," and if I say that, that's who, that's who I'm voting for. But it's not necessary for you to define what what rules you're using to create that relationship with an audience. So, if I said I'm I'm for Henry Jones because he's six feet tall. Uh, I defend all the people of my my size mm-hmm. who are a little less than six feet, and and so I always tried to deal from a deck of plenty as opposed to a deck of of minus, uh, of a limited amount. Right. 
with all the different uh, mediums or, or venues now for, I mean, you know, back when you were on the air, it was, uh, you were talking earlier about FM and AM and, and, and TV, but even TV was so limited to the number of channels you could receive. Yeah, and, yeah. But when you look at today's uh, landscape, I mean, there are so many different areas and ways you can get information. Would you like to work in this this day and age, do you think? Oh, I would. But I would rather be in the, that age that I was in. I, I, for instance, I have, have um, I'm, a, I'm a CBS, and, and I, I must say I'm a junkie, that uh, CBS does it better than anybody else, I think. And still today you think that? I do. That. Okay. I still think that. And what about WBT radio in the years after you were gone? I mean, you don't listen to it every day, but uh, you've, been, you've been a fan for a long time. 1110 on my dial is, is, is there. And, and and never changes. Well, it is pretty remarkable that AM radio can make a dent anywhere. And, and yet, uh, WBT, uh, all these years later, still matters in, in the, the scheme of things in the, in the Charlotte media. And, and it's because of the building blocks that were set. Being mentioned in the same sentence as somebody like Ty Boyd or Grady Cole is a foreign concept to me. But by the same token, there are, you can count on two hands the number of morning show hosts that there have been all together. So whoever it is, uh, it's it's a mantle. It still means something. I, I can certainly tell you it means something to me. And, uh, you know, it's a it, it, to me it's not something I ever thought would happen. But now that I have it, I certainly think it's a responsibility you see what it is? to live up to the names. It's of a horse you can ride, baby. <laughs> well, it, it's uh, you know it's 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 the it's the mecca to me. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's the standard, and it's not the only three call letter station in the country. And there are markets bigger than Charlotte, but I I do think that it it means it still means something. I agree. I agree. It does, and that's the character of of the people who are here now. So uh, if somebody Maybe they're out there right now. Maybe they're listening to us. And hopefully what, what I've been doing, what I always try to do, is, is educate people about who built this place. Because uh, it's so important to me that people know and that we always carry that forward. But if you were speaking to somebody right now and, and who's thinking about getting into this business, uh, I know you're going to say, absolutely, you love this business. Yeah. But, but what advice would you give them? I'd say look for a, jo- look, look for a calling and not a job. Look for something that you'd rather do than eat, or rather do than than uh, be paid. And 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 what what I what I realized was, had I stayed here, I would have uh, I would have stayed in a place that I could stay forever, as far as I was concerned. Uh, the, the people would have said, "Hey, get rid of the morning guy," you know, get Bo Thompson. Yeah, <laughs> and and uh, and and you had to be ready when that came. Uh, but I, w- I would say I, th- I think of a uh, I think of life as a as a, as a as a matter of plenty and not not a, a limited few. Somebody says, uh, so what's Ty Boyd up to in 2018? What's the answer to that? Oh, I, I, the answer is I'm 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 very busy. <laughs> I do a lot of things. A lot of people are dead by the time they're 87, uh, and 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 my 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 curve's still going up. Uh, that's the way I look at life. Mm-hmm. Uh, having having said that, is not many things. I I'm not going to run a four minute mile. A lot of those things. Not going to walk straight. Not, not going to do a lot of things. But life after a stroke is not something you'd want. But it's it's great. Life is great. 
and and I don't don't remember what I don't remember, and uh, I'm getting along fine. Well, and and you always seem to get that twinkle in your eye when you come into this. Whenever I I have seen you come in and get behind a microphone like this and do what we're doing, uh, you still seem like you love it. Like uh, man, this is where I grew up. Yeah. Oh, good gosh. Well, it's in, it's done everything for my life. You know, I would if I didn't. If we took this part of the whole equation out, where would I be? I mean, I, I, I nothing but a blank page. And, and and I hope you can do it and and get as much out of it as I did. I always say I think my bloom came while I was here in this job. Well, uh, in its work. When I first got the job, uh, this was back in 2012, the first message that I got from somebody who's in this business, the first text I got, and then a a phone call followed it, was from Al Gardner. Is that right? And in that conversation, Al told me that the first person who contacted him in 1997 when he came to WBT and and got the job was Ty Boyd. Really? Do you remember that, Uh, talking to him? Oh, sure. Because he said, uh, I I just remember, uh, you can understand having told you, you know, my... My upbringing here. Yeah, I always tell people yeah. I grew up here. Yeah, I, I really was raised on this radio station, and so. And you may never work another radio station. Well, uh, you know, hopefully they'll keep me around for a little while uh, longer. They'll keep you around hundred years. How about that? <laughs> uh, but that always kind of stuck with me because uh, I I started my my first full time job was with Al. And so I was there in the studio on the production team when Al started his show, and, and now I'm hosting that show. Yeah. So there's a kind of some— Isn't that something? Uh, I think a, a, a neat historical fact as it relates to Al's and my fabric here over the years, but I never, I'll never, i never forget, uh, he said the first guy that called me was Ty Boyd, and I'm, being, I'm the first guy who was calling you. And so um, I, I thought that was oh remarkable, my. and it goes back to me talking earlier about uh, you, although you haven't been on the air— uh, on a regular basis in many, many years. Many years. You and H.A. and, and several other people, uh, you, you still have it in your blood, and it's an important thing to carry on. And uh, you, like I said, you're you're a Hall of Famer, you're a legend, you're an ambassador, but, but what I love about you most is you love the station. Oh, I do love the station. I, you know, I, I gave you my definitions of the difference between a job and a career. And, uh, and, and, and you have chosen the right career. And, and I would say that 30, 40 years from now, you ought to be having the same conversation with somebody. Well, I hope, uh, I hope someone is here then that uh, realizes the importance of, of carrying on yeah. the tradition and, and making sure people know what, uh, what Grady Cole and what Ty Boyd and what Bob Lacey and H.A. Thompson oh, sure. and, and, yeah. and John Hancock and, and all of these people I could name, uh, I, I want to make sure that it's not— it's not a, just something that uh, that you read about, something like this, like we're doing, yeah. that uh, lives on and, and, and people can hear, you know, how much you love this place. But, well, you and I have covered a lot of ground, and I, I know oh. we could cover three more hours. Yeah. I mean, I love this. I, I hope you've had a good time. Oh, I've had a huge time. Are you kidding? Anything uh, that you feel like we haven't said or that you, you want on the you, you once said before we wrap it up? Well, there are two things I want to say to you. One, youth is wasted on the youth. You know that. And you got it. You got it. Second, uh, I'm bald and you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I am in an odd, uh, I mean, I've always kind of been an anomaly here because 
I'm the youngest on air by far, uh, and I'll always feel like the kid running around here, but I'm not anymore. Well, see, I was the kid. Yeah, so you, you, you know, but we're all kind of the kid at heart. I don't think we ever lose that. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, 44 years old, yeah. and uh, so I have this unique background of, I worked with Henry, I worked with Rock and Ray, I worked with some of these guys that, that go back a ways, and, and luckily I had a chance uh, to meet you. Uh, it was later in the game, but it was soon enough that I, I'm glad to call you a friend. I'm yeah. glad to be able to say that Ty Boyd's somebody that I not only just revered, but I know him now. Uh, and, of course, your son Robert was such a good friend for so many years. But, you know, I, I got to know Doug Mays. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I got to know uh, Henry. Oh. Uh, I just uh, it's rich. I it's really rich. have enjoyed spending time with, uh, like I said at the beginning of this, Ty, uh, there are legends and then there are legends. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, you you are <laughs> you're on the Mount Rushmore, my friend. Well, uh, and, 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 and but you just named several that could easily uh, you, you compliment me by saying I'd, I'd be there. But uh, uh, there are several that uh, have been just dynamited. You know, I think I, I think when you get to um, the group you were just talking about, that there isn't a, a peer, they're all peers. There isn't a top or a bottom to that group because all had studied this, what it took to be effective. You know, there's a difference in, in, in having a job and, well, you know, we talked about that, and a career and, and, and having a career is, is, is doing what it takes to be the best at what, you, what you're doing. Not, not for your benefit, for the benefit of people that use your services. So uh, maybe the way I should end this is, uh, is how you always like to hear uh, the radio station identified. We should end with a, with a Ty Boyd station ID of WBT. <laughs> what do you think? Well, I, I, I could do one. and, and uh, I think you have to now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so give me, a, give me a WBT Charlotte. Oh, well, for years, I, I, you know, I, would, I probably did it in my sleep. Oh, know? yeah, I know. The microphone's back in your hand right now, and you're yeah. doing the station ID. Let's hear it. WBT Charlotte. <laughs> There's no better way to end that. Thank you. Thank you, Ty, for coming oh, in. Oh, you bet. <laughs>